Yeah, the the interesting thing about the Flyers this season is uh, pretty much everyone but the Blackhawks and the Coyotes should beat the Flyers on paper. <laughs> um, Welcome to Checking Out the Competition, Vancouver Canucks. We are joined by Trevor Beggs of Nux Misconduct. Trevor, how are you doing today? I'm fantastic, Kelly. Happy Friday to you. Yeah, right? It is. It's really good that it's Friday, and it's like... Everyone in Philly has Philly's fever, so people here are pretty pumped. Um, the Flyers have, for at least a brief moment, <laughs> allowed us to enjoy them um, for this season. But I'm actually kind of excited that we're playing Vancouver so early. I feel like we usually don't get to the West Coast Canadian teams until the dreaded December road trip that the Flyers usually do. Um but it's kind of cool because Vancouver is one of those teams out there in the West that I admittedly do not pay much attention to. So excited to hear what they've been doing. Um, so I guess just to start off, why don't you just give us a rundown of what the Canucks did over the summer, the moves that you think are important, and we'll go from there. Yeah, I think over the summer, really with the Canucks cap situation, and I know a lot of teams are in this boat, they're in cap hell right now, and I, th- I think Philly fans might know a bit about that. Um, so really not much was expected of the Canucks heading into the offseason. Um, they were able to snake Andre Kuzmenko. Uh, you know, 25 teams reportedly were chasing after him, and he chose Vancouver, which, you know, feels good. West Coast is a pretty nice spot, so uh, good choice, Andre. Yeah. Um, and then they went out and signed Ilya Mikheyev on the first day of free agency, which really surprised everyone. Because A, they didn't have a lot of cap space to play with. And B, if they did have cap space to play with, you kind of figure they're going to upgrade the defense. Because, you know, for those who don't watch the Canucks, our, our defense after Quinn Hughes is uh, at best mediocre and at worst pretty atrocious. Um, so they didn't really do much to fix the defense, which is which is still a bit of an issue. Uh, I know they just acquired Riley Stillman um, just right before the start of the season there in a bit of a salary cap dump trade when we got rid of Jason Dickinson. But aside from that, the defense is pretty much the same. So, um, you know, heading into the season, uh, again, Kuzmenko, Mikhaev, really the two big additions up front. Um, but this team is really looking for Elias Pettersson to just finally have that breakout season. Um, the first two years in the NHL, he kind of took the league by storm. It looked like he was going to be the next superstar in the NHL. And in the last couple of seasons, he's been good but not great. Um, so really, the Canucks going to make noise this season. It's going to, you know, live and die really with uh, Elias Pettersson. It's interesting to hear you say that you're looking for Elias Pettersson to take a step forward because just, like I said, as somebody who doesn't pay a ton of attention to the Canucks, like in my mind, Elias Pettersson is still one of, you know, at least, you know, in the top tier of players in the league, but um, didn't realize that he had kind of taken a step back. Yeah, I think just based on the trajectory he was on, uh, he was nearing that point per game mark during his first two seasons. Um, and then, yeah, he just had a bit of a setback. I, I think in that weird 2021 bubble season, uh, he was, he started off slow and then got injured and missed the second half of the season. So he only played 26 games. And then last season under Travis Green, he was just a ghost in the first 25 games. Um, barely had, I think he had like three even strength points in 25 games and we're just going, what, what the hell is wrong with this guy? Um, but over the last 45 games of last season, he scored at a 50-goal, 97-point pace. So he was back to the last Pedersen we're used to seeing. Um, he still doesn't have his career high 68 points, and I know part of that is COVID-shortened seasons, but part of that is just because he struggled. So um, I think with the Canucks, you know that Hughes is going to be a bona fide number one defenseman who's going to yeah. put up a lot of points. 
you know that Demko's could theoretically challenge for the Vesna. I mean, I've been a big Demko believer since he was in Boston College. Um, but if they're going to, you know, step up and be a real playoff contender, they need Elias Pedersen to be at least a point-of-game player. We actually did uh, point prediction totals, uh, and it's really just a fun little column where all of our writers predict point totals for each cannot go into the season and then laugh about it at the end of the season. <laughs> um, I, yeah, it's, it's fun to look back on. We're, we're, it's funny how overly optimistic fans are in September, October. Uh, I mean, that's the, kind of the whole reason to make predictions <laughs> at the beginning of the season 100%. is so that you can go back and dunk on yourself and your friends. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, just just to give you an idea of expectations for Pedersen, I, I penciled him, him in at 88 points, and I thought I was being optimistic. I had the lowest prediction among all of our writers. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> so, I mean, a lot to expect of Pedersen going into the season. He's definitely really the X factor for the Canucks. Have you been able to see – did you get to see much of the preseason for the Canucks? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I wasn't at the rink covering any of the games uh, over the preseason, but yeah, I definitely did watch it. Okay, so was there anyone in particular that kind of stood out that kind of make you say like, okay, this this guy's having a pretty good camp? Um, or anyone maybe that you thought was going to make an impression heading into the season that didn't so much? Yeah, I think the big, the big headliner there for the Canucks preseason was Andre Kuzmenko. Um, you know, I think with KHL guys coming over, it's it's a bit of a wild card. You wonder how these guys going to look. You know, is it going to be the next uh, Panarin? Is it going to be the next Shipashev? Or is he going to fall somewhere in the middle? Uh, but Kuzmenko came as advertised in the preseason. I mean, um, yeah, I think defensively and conditioning-wise, needs some work. But the way he thinks the game is first-line caliber. Hmm. Um, he made some great plays in the preseason, setting up his teammates. He scored a couple goals. And then he carried that over into the Canucks uh, season opener. He scored his first NHL goal in his first game uh, on Wednesday night there. So he was the guy that stood out the most. Um, I won't go too much into the other guy, but this guy called Nils Amon. Uh, mm-hmm. We signed him as a free agent out of the SHL. He was a Colorado draft pick. Colorado chose not to sign him. He was one of those guys that you think like, okay, we'll see how he does in the AHL and maybe we'll call him up in a year. He made this team out of campus, the fourth line center, which I think shocked everyone. Uh, not a flashy player, but just uh, big, rangy, and very good defensively in terms of his, of his positioning. So uh, those are the two guys that really uh, stood out during Canucks training camp there. And aside okay. from Pedersen looking like a beast, too. Pedersen does look dialed in, for sure. Okay. Um, so about that game on Wednesday, it was a 5-3 loss to Edmonton. Um, coming out of that game, obviously it's just one game. doesn't mean a whole lot in the grand scheme of things, but... Coming out of that game, uh, the loss to a team like Edmonton, that's obviously quite good, particularly up front. Um, Did you feel like some disappointment coming out of that game? Did it kind of go the way that you thought it would? Um, Was there anything particularly bad about the way Vancouver played that game that led to the loss? Yeah, I think whenever you have a three nothing lead or a three goal lead and you blow it, it's it's never good. But when you blow it to Connor McDavid and the Edmonton Oilers, it's it's a little more understandable. I see. I didn't. I didn't dig into that score. I just saw five three. I didn't know it was a blown three goal lead. That's. Oh that's yeah, we had a we fun. had a three goal lead at the beginning of the second period. So uh, yeah, it's again never good to blow that lead. Um, I think the difference in the game was the Canucks were one for eight on the power play. Edmonton went three for four. It was really two for mm. three. Their third power play goal is an empty netter. Um, but it's just one of those games where the Canucks played pretty well, but McDavid and Drysdale just took over at the end of the game. McDavid had a hat trick and four points. Drysdale had three points. Um, so I think that the big thing of the, from that game is that the Canucks really got to start, you know, capitalizing on their power play opportunities. 
Uh, and they gave up way too many shorthanded uh, breakaways too. So I don't know if you guys got some some penalty killing aces there in Philadelphia. Uh, I, I know my our boy Zach McEwen. I don't think made the team if I'm not, if I'm uh, correct about that. But... Yeah, for now he's he's down in the AHL. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, anyways, that's maybe something to look at. I mean, the Canucks were definitely get, they gave up quite a few odd man rushes on the power play in uh, game one against Edmonton. There. Hard to say if the Flyers have anything. Uh sustainably good <laughs> so i don't know I, I i saw that uh wayne allison had the opening goal for the flyers last night tell me a little bit about wayne allison who the f is this guy uh yeah so he's been kind of kicking around the organization for a while and had a lot of injuries um it, it, he would kind of have a, a good season in the ahl and it would kind of look like he was starting to be a guy that they would call up and then he would get hurt so it's been I would say three seasons now of him kind of getting hurt and hurt enough that he, you know, misses 20 games. So like not a little bit hurt, but like real hurt. Um, so this is kind of his first season that he's starting with the team and really getting a chance to, to prove that he belongs. And we're pretty excited about him. He's got a really good shot. He's a very fun player. Um, He's got crazy red hair, which we love. I was going to say, I was, I was just looking him up as you were talking, and, and my my bad Wayne, it's actually Wade, so my apologies. Yeah, that's okay. Um, um, he, he looks and, like a hockey player. Yeah, he and Owen Tippett actually are like lost doppelgangers of each other or something. Right. It's very it's very strange. They look very similar. Oh, there um, you go. But yeah, he's a, he's a fun player. Um, definitely one to watch when you're uh, watching this game on Saturday. Yeah. I, I'm always keeping an eye on guys who I don't know much about, so I'll be watching a little Wade Allison out there. There you go. Um, speaking of of players to watch, who would you say we should be watching in this game? I mean, besides like Hughes, obviously, you're going to want to keep an eye on him. Pedersen, obviously. Um, but who is a guy that maybe we don't know about that we should keep an eye on in this game? Yeah, I mean, I already mentioned Kuzmenko, so I'll, I'll try to pick someone different. I mean, you know, again, Kuzmenko's new to the NHL, so I think he, he's worth watching just to see how his, his skills have so far translated and hopefully they keep translating on Saturday, or, or maybe not for Philly fans. Um, but I would say Vasily Colson. So you guys might remember Colson. He scored his first NHL goal against the Flyers uh, early last season. Uh, he's one of those guys that um, I don't think everything that he does shows up on the score sheet. He has amazing defensive awareness for a 21-year-old hockey player. Uh, right now, he's playing out a line with Bo Horvat and Connor Garland. Just a really, really solid hockey player. Uh, battles hard. Um, he's got a nose for the net. Uh, so I think he'd be a guy to watch. I mean, who knows? Maybe he'll uh, he'll pop another goal against uh, Philly there and Carter Hart. His, his first goal is pretty nice. He roofed it on Carter Hart in that uh, that game last season. So keep oh. your eye on uh, Vasily. Uh-oh. Um, Carter Hart, actually, just to for your information. Um, he didn't play any preseason games for us because he got a little banged up. Um, they never really told us what was wrong with him. But um, last night in the opener, he let in one, I would say, pretty pretty weak goal that he, he, should, yeah. have, he should have had. Um, but after that, he was really dialed in. So hopefully we're seeing, you know, the good Carter Hart, not the bad Carter Hart. Um, it's so I think right now we're still trying to figure out which one he actually is. And he's probably somewhere in the middle, but um, so far he's looking pretty good. So I think he might present a little bit of a challenge for you guys. Yeah. I mean, I, I hope so. I, you know, Carter Hart, it's, it's, it's funny here in Canada. We, you know, obviously we think we're the best at hockey and oh, figure out I mean, Warren, but <laughs> what's that? 
I mean, good reason. Yeah, <laughs> you know. fair enough. But I mean, in terms of goaltending, there's not a lot of star Canadian goaltenders out there. And I know Carter Hart was kind of got pegged as that guy of the future in terms of great Canadian goalies. But, um, you know, maybe you can enlighten me a bit. Is is this more like the struggles he's had the past two seasons? It's crazy to think this is his fifth NHL season. I know. Uh, but with the struggles he's had, is that more on the Flyers' defense or is it more on him? I mean, from what I've watched, he's led in some weak goals, but obviously the Flyers haven't been a great defense. Yeah. So um, the year before last, the team was in front of him was terrible, but he was also just very bad. And after the season was over, he kind of openly talked about the fact that, um, you know, the quarantining that they had to do and him being like a single guy living by himself, not being able to go out, not being able to see his friends, not being able to see his family. Like it really took a toll on him mentally. Um, it was kind of like nice to see a professional athlete kind of say that kind of thing out loud. Um, so I, I really do think that he just had a very rough time of that weird COVID bubble season that they did. Um, and last year, he he wasn't great, but he definitely wasn't bad. I think most of what we saw last year was just a result of the team in front of him being, um, I mean, like comically bad, like couldn't do line changes bad, like just very bad. Um, mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I tend to think that he's probably at worst a league average goaltender um, with I think the potential to maybe be a bit better than that. I mean, he's not going to be, you know, a top three goalie. He's definitely, I think we've kind of moved past the idea that he's going to be, you know, a carry price level superstar, but um, I think he's a pretty solid goaltender. And I think that's really all you need as, I mean, you know, if you have on a good, on a good team, all you need (laughs) is a, is an average goaltender. Um, But yeah, I I don't think that Carter Hart's going to lose you many games which is a nice thing to have in a goalie yeah exactly i mean it's interesting right i think between these two teams the canucks and flyers you have two goalies who are you know relatively young in this league but they they're kind of entering their fifth seasons respectively i see cart with 147 games played demko's at 137 Mm. um uh we're definitely lucky to have thatcher demko in vancouver though uh guy's an absolute stud so I mean, who knows? Maybe, uh, maybe Saturday's a bit of a goaltending battle. It's yeah. two guys theoretically who could be entering their prime. So, um, yeah, we'll see how it goes. So the Canucks finished fifth in the Pacific last season. You know, right dead in the middle of the pack. Um, when I kind of just asked our Broad Street Hockey folks, like, "Hey, do you guys think Vancouver's any good?" Um, for the most part, everyone was like, "Yeah, yeah, I think they're good. I think they're going to be good this year." Um, a, I don't know why. <laughs> no one really gave me a reason. But they were all just like, yeah, 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 Vancouver's good for sure. Um, but I guess, do you expect them to to do a little bit better than that fifth round? Like, do you think that they can get past a Vegas or an L.A. even, which people seem to be picking L.A. to be good, which, like, makes no real sense to me. But I, I guess they are. The nerds tend to know these things better than me. Um, but do you think that Vancouver has what it takes to take – a step forward in that division. Oh, those freaking nerds. Um, to be honest with you, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I, I see a, a huge range of outcomes for the Canucks entering this season. I, and I don't really know what's going to happen. I, I could honestly see them winning the Pacific. I could see them, you know, bottoming out and being bottom three in the, in the division. I think, you know, people look at the Canucks on paper and they got a ton of talent up front. You know, I think Miller, Pedersen, Horvat down the middle is uh, probably 
a top three, top five center, some, some of the best center depth in the league, I guess I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, so lots of offensive talent. Quinn Hughes is the number one defenseman. Thatcher Demko is the number one goalie. The pieces are there for the Canucks to be good. They just haven't put it together. And to be honest, the defense sucks too. Um, so I, I really think the key for the Canucks this season, people look at this defense and it, it is bad on paper. Um, but with a below average defense and an above average goaltender, you kind of expect them to be league average in terms of giving up goals. It's yeah. the offense that's got to pop this season. Like if, if you know, Pedersen, Miller, uh, Besser, Garland, all those guys, if they don't go off, if this team is middling offensively, they're not going to go very far. They probably won't even make the playoffs. This has to be a top five, top 10 offense, which it has the potential to be, but uh, I'll believe it when I see it. So, I, I mean, you look at every team in the Pacific and there's flaws. Like Vegas has flaws, Edmonton has flaws. I think Calgary's probably the best on paper. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I would project the Canucks to make the playoffs. I just think the, the, the Boudreaux bump mix of the offense and you get the goaltending from Demko should be enough to sneak into a wild card spot, but I'm not confident in that prediction. So um, fifth in the Pacific sounds about right. Fourth, fifth uh, sounds about right. Um, they could get up there, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, I'm not sure what to make of this team, to be honest with you. So one guy you haven't mentioned is Brock Besser. And I feel like he's like the guy, him and Bo Horvat, really. Um, what are you expecting out of those two this season? Yes, it's it's funny you mentioned Besser and Horvat. It kind of blows our mind in Vancouver. Those two are the longest tenured players in the Canucks right now. Yeah, I mean, when I think about the Canucks, I first Brock Besser, second Bo Horvat. Like those are yeah. the two players that I think about. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's been so much turnover uh, since the end of the so-called glory days where we didn't win anything. Um, but with Besser, and I'll, I'll, I'll touch on Besser first. So Besser had a down season last year. Um, you know, every year in the NHL at five on five, he has scored at a first line rate. Uh, last year, he dealt with some injuries early on. And we learned after the season that he was dealing with his father, who was you know basically dying and passed away at the very end of the season. So there's a lot going on for Besser last season, but he didn't play very well. Um, and it kind of made sense afterwards when you learned about what was going on behind the scenes. Uh, I feel I do feel bad for him. He was asked by a media members, is this the year you hit 30 goals? Because he's yet to hit 30 goals in the NHL. And he said, this is the year. Book it. And, oh, and no. then I think the next day of practice, he was sidelined with a hand injury and actually missed oh, the entire no. preseason. <laughs> oh, um, so thankfully, he actually made it back for, for the opening night, but didn't look good in game one. Again, it's a, this is a long way to way of saying that I think Besser will be better than last season. But uh, again, I'm not sure exactly what the ceiling is for him hmm. uh, in Vancouver. I, I think we, we kind of expect that 30 goals and 50, 60 points. Um, but, you know, to start the season, he's lost his spot on power play one. Now Kuzmenko's in his spot. So, um, you know, Besser's got the talent, but um, it's one of those things where, you know, you, you want to see him do it. Yeah. Um, and then with Horvat quickly, I guess – Again, he's entering a contract year, so, you know, crazy Canuck fans after one, you know, so-so game from Horvat. He wasn't bad in game one. People were saying, oh, he trade the guy, you know, we need help for defense. We can't pay this guy. It's like, calm the F down, people. It's seriously. Um, yeah, Horvat's a great player. He's a, he's a, he's a consistent guy who's going to have a good two-way game, 30 goals, um, maybe not 60 points, but 30 goals and 55, 60 points. Uh, what more can you ask from him? Yeah, that, that's just who he is, so. I think you kind of know what you're getting from Bo Horvat. It's more so will not having a contract affect him. I don't think it will, but that's really the biggest question with Bo. Yeah. I mean, generally, I, I would imagine it would kind of push him to, yeah. you know, get paid. 
And, you know, I, I haven't talked to all the Canucks in my time covering this team, but I've talked to Bo and he's just a really, really good down to earth guy. I, I personally don't see, you know, not having a contract going into next season really affecting him. Okay. So the final thing I'll ask you, uh, which I ask everyone, you don't know that cause you've never done this before. Um, <laughs> I ask everyone to give me a shot in the dark prediction for the final score of this game. Okay. I'm going to go, I'm going to go four, three Canucks. Actually, I'm going to go four, two Canucks. I think Demko's not going to allow more than two. Four, two Canucks. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I, I think they need a good, they need to bounce back game after losing to Edmonton. I do think, you know, this is a hockey crazy market. I think heads are going to start to roll. They start the season 0-2. Mm. You know, this team has started poorly for the last couple of seasons and just haven't been able to catch up. So uh, they should beat this Flyers team on paper, um, but it's uh, they actually got to make it happen. So, Yeah, the, the interesting thing about the Flyers this season is uh, pretty much everyone but the Blackhawks and the Coyotes should beat the Flyers on paper. Um <laughs> But yeah, I mean, it's it's so hard this early in the season because you don't have a lot to go off of. Um, I have been saying going into the home opener that 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 was the one guaranteed win for the Flyers this season. Like, I didn't think there was any way they were going to lose last night just because they needed to come out and kind of, you know, do a little like, fuck you for thinking that we're so bad. We're going to show you what we can do. And plus, you know, the Tortorella factor and, and all that kind of stuff. Um with something to prove, I thought there was no way they were going to lose last night, and they didn't. Um, they won pretty handily over the Devils, who are not a great team, but they've got some pieces there that are pretty good. I always forget that they have Dougie Hamilton just because he's been such like a non-factor since he got moved right. there that um, I forget that he exists. But anyway, that's a very long way of me saying that I am going to go out on a limb here and say that the Flyers keep the momentum going for at least one more game. I know. Uh, I'm going to say, um, I kind of like the idea of a goalie battle. So I'm going to go two. I said two, one flyers last time. I keep track of these things. It seems, <laughs> it seems a little silly to say two, one again, but I'm going to say, I'm going to say two, one flyers. All right. All right. I'll, I'll tell you this. I mean, you know, we, we have some experience in this market being uh, coached by John Tortorella. I oh, honestly yes, think you do, flyer. don't you? Yeah, yeah. I didn't even ask you about that. What's wrong? What's wrong with me? I mean, me? I, I kind of forgot about it until uh, until right now. To be honest, it's been a little while. It has been a 14. long time. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I will say that I do think the Tortorella bump is a real thing. I, I yeah. do think there's an immediate buy-in from players at the beginning of his tenure. We saw that in Vancouver. Mm-hmm. Talks were pretty good for the first couple months under Tortorella, and then around like American Thanksgiving, Christmas time is where things started to go downhill. Yeah. Obviously, for the Canucks, it, the turning point that season was Tortorella trying to, you know, beat up Bob Hartley in the tunnel of the first intermission. <laughs> suspended. So I don't know if that's going to happen in this game. Although I think Boudreaux and Tortorella would be a fun fight to watch. But I, I would pay actual dollars to watch those two go at it. Boudreaux's that big WWE guy. He'd probably pull out like a suplex or something, uh, something funky there. Even uh, like verbally, I would like to see those two go at it. Because yeah, Boudreaux, those- like. You know, he looks like a giant baby. Yeah. <laughs> but you can tell that, like, he would he would smack you down if he had to. 100%. Um, but, yeah, just to wrap my take on, on Tortorella, I do think the Flyers are going to be better than expected and probably surprise some people through the first couple months of the season. I just don't see it keeping up. Yeah. So, I, I a, little, a little short-term momentum for you guys. Yeah. It's, you know, as a fan for 
entirely too long. It's hard not to get excited when they come out of the gate, you know, guns blazing and look like compared to last year, at least like really good. <laughs> um, but I, I do think that this is just going to be a little bit of an early season kind of like adrenaline momentum kind of thing. And eventually the lack of talent on this team is going to catch up with them. You just in, in 2022, you can't just will your way to winning hockey games. Like you got to have some talented players and the flyers simply do not have very many talented players. Like Cam Atkinson, like can't be your best player. (laughs) Cam Atkinson is your best player. You're going to have a bad time. And so we're probably going to have a bad time. Um, But for now, (laughs) we're going to pretend it's fun. And I'm going to say they win this game. There you go. Hey, the Flyers are unbeaten. We'll see if they keep it up. And if they don't, at least you guys got the Phillies and the Eagles. There you go. There you go. And the Union. It's like, that's kind of the funniest part about Philly sports right now is that every team in the city is like not only just doing well, but like, like the story. Like the Phillies are the story. The Eagles undefeated. The Union are the number one team in soccer. Like everything is just like going so well. And then the Flyers are just like sitting in a corner. Like hoping to win twenty games. I'm still here. <laughs> Please don't forget us. We'll be good again someday, probably. Hey, great jerseys though. I mean, the Flyers jerseys are still some of my favorite in hockey. They so. are. Very at least you'll good. you'll look good losing at the very least. Actually, this is a this is a very good jersey game. Vancouver yeah. and the Flyers. You know what the, the Canucks? You know the blue and green jersey gets a lot of heat in this market. I think people want to bring back the black skate jersey. Which I mean, I, I like it, but I mean, people people come at me in this market when I say the black skate jersey is overrated. I mean, I, I like blue and green. I think it represents the West Coast. Yeah, and there's not a lot of blue and green in the NHL. There's a lot of yes. black and red. So anyway, yeah, that's so why I think it's so good. It's just so like so so different. Blue and 100%. green and orange and black, like no red and blue nonsense. Um, yeah. So thank you, Trevor. If you would like to tell the people where they can find you on the internet, you can go ahead and do so. On the internet, yep. If you want to follow me on Twitter, it's Trev Beggs. Uh, last name is B-E-G-G-S. That's about really all I got. And you can find my work at Nux Misconduct. I also write for Daily Hive, which is a, a platform across Canada as well. Lovely. Thank you very much, Trevor, for doing this. I hope that you enjoy the game. Um, a 1 p.m. start for you. Mm-hmm. I know. It's a right, right during my baby's nap time. It's perfect. Uh, there you go. See, I love I love Saturday afternoon hockey. It's the best in my opinion. Hundred percent. I totally agree. All right. Well, you enjoy the game. Don't yell too loud and wake up the baby. And hopefully, <laughs> uh, if nothing else, they give us a show. Go there Flyers. There we go. Thanks for having me, Kelly. Appreciate it.